Hello and welcome to Business Without Bullshit, where we take a sideways look at modern business, talking to founders and entrepreneurs about the problems they face and how they solve them. I'm Juliette Ori, and alongside me is my co-host, whoop, whoop, new in today, Simon Walsh. Hi, Juliet. Hi, Simon. And a quick reminder, if you like what we do here, please rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, at biz, B-I-Z, without B-S. Now, with that being said, our guest this week is Tanya Colding Stents, Director of Strategy and Development at the European Sperm Bank, one of the leading sperm banks in the world. Established in 2004 with lots of entrepreneurial spirit and a strong focus on daily activities, the European Sperm Bank was bought by Axel, a private equity firm, in 2009 to facilitate further growth and now employs 130 people across eight locations in four countries. Tanya is a self-confessed, innovative business developer with a strong mind for efficiency who likes to take a holistic approach in business. In other words, she's a person who makes sure the whole job gets done and gets done properly. We're in good company indeed. Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Juliet. And welcome to London after an absence of almost two years. Yes, Must sadly. be nice to be back. Very much so. Yep. Thanks for having me. So, Tanya, what is keeping you busy at the moment? Well, uh, lots of things. Uh, Excel, as you just mentioned, uh, is keeping me busy focusing on sustainability. So that takes up a great part of my, of my time. And then I think during the last... Uh, years uh, really, we've uh, we've managed to tighten up our business uh, quite a lot. So we are ready to sort of engage in new adventures as well. So we are we are curious to learn what's out there for us to to look into, both product and uh, and market wise. So that's uh, that's taking up a lot of my time doing all the all the research uh, on uh, on the options. So, Tanya, one thing I do really want to know, when I go out socially, I rarely tell people what my job is because people typically like to ignore me or not speak to me. (laughs) I feel that you're in a similar field. Do you go out socially and tell people what you do? That that is a good question. Uh, Yes, I I do like to talk about what I do um, because I think it's so very, very important. I must admit that sometimes I can't be bothered uh, and I'll just say that I work in a bank because then people don't ask uh, any more questions. <laughs> but but often, most often, I, I just find it important to have that chat because it's an industry with so many um, myths uh, to it. And I find it important that we do all we can to demystify and normalize uh, sperm donation. And people always are very curious uh, and and also very open-minded. Uh, and it's part of our it's part of our strategy to make the world a more open-minded uh, society. So that's basically our mission, to bring healthy children into an open-minded society. And I think that really uh, you'll see that in, in our corporate DNA, that people like to talk about what we do and to explain uh, and, uh, and to inform people around us. So we make sure that these babies that come out of what we do will grow up in a society where they are understood and, uh, and welcome. So that's part, part of the job, I think. So, Tanya, what I am fascinated by is how and what was your first job that has ultimately led you to now where you are? 
There is no connection between the two at all. <laughs> uh, my first job was in the food industry, so a very different, uh, very different ball game. I uh, I took a master degree uh, in uh, at Copenhagen Business School (CBS) um, and. Rather randomly uh, ran into a, um, a recruiter. A recruiter, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> um, at a Christmas party, as you as you do, uh, and he hooked me up with Klaus Meyer, who's a Danish chef. He's kind of similar, I guess, the equivalent to someone like Jamie Oliver, uh, very entrepreneurial, um, initiating lots of amazing uh, gastronomic uh, projects, um, and. Him and his business developer at the time, they had had a great idea. Because uh, in Denmark, uh, the lunch culture is slightly different than uh, than here. Um, so we have lunch brought into our offices as a little buffet by uh, by a catering company. Listening to this, Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's what they do in the states in yeah. the West Coast, oh, very France fair. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a lovely idea because you basically sit everybody down at the same time and have lunch together, and you have nice food, fresh brought in a nice buffet every day with a warm meal and salads and cold cuts and whatever. Um, so, and and that's quite the standard in Denmark. So you'll have big companies who will obviously have their own canteens. Uh, with Tanya, I'm looking at chefs. you and laughing only because my family are obsessed with food and booze. And I think the only reason why we can't possibly have something like that is we would turn it into an all-day, every-day, uh, eat as much as you can, like, and none of us need encouragement. Yeah, that, that might happen for a few months, then it might uh, <laughs> that might slow down. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it's. Uh, I, I think it's a nice way of socialising. I think it's important to have that proper break during the day where you sit and enjoy a good meal. And so it, it's basically... I think many of the caterers who do this at the moment think more of creating a good break for people than than just feeding them. So you need to create a good atmosphere around the food. Um, so anyway, we, the idea was to establish a company that would provide this food. And obviously there were lots of caterers doing this already. Uh, but if you've had food from the same caterer on a daily basis for a couple of months, you, you get a bit bored. bored. Mm. Exactly. By the cutlery and the plates and the food and everything just kind of looks the same even though the menu will change all the time it's still the same type of flavors and it's why i can't leave london the fact that i can have a different meal every day <laughs> i'm really struggling that is a luxury here i love it but so the idea here was that we would uh, gather a lot of these caterers and then the um the, the receiving uh, company could then choose so this week i want this uh, caterer and then i want that caterer for the next month and so on so they could swap all the time and we would do all the really all the service thinking. i mean now yeah, that's good very up. common Yep. That wasn't common at the time. No, not not at all. Uh, that was very very disruptive uh, in the market at, at the time. So we basically built around that idea. So it was about getting all the best caterers in town um, and approaching all the companies and making them understand this concept because they would then the, the the companies would then be dealing with us. And I can imagine them being a bit funny or territorial. They don't want to give up that company or that or no. So the the kitchens were delighted to not have to do all the admin because they. They enjoy cooking. They don't want to have an angry customer in the, on the phone saying, you forgot my bread or tomorrow will be 12 rather than 20. Or So they won't, don't want to do all that necessarily. So they were quite happy for us to do that part. We'd also do all the logistics and we'd talk to all the uh, all the clients um, and discuss their needs and understand that they don't like lamb and all of that we would, uh, we would do. And it turned out to be a rather good idea. Um, so it's now basically the, the market standard um, for lunch catering in Denmark. So and it's it, uh, still going. It, it's still going. Brilliant. Yep. And then I 
I left a few years down the line. I still co-own it, but it's uh, it's left in the safe hands of uh, of others now. And so, how do you go from from food to sperm? Yes, that's no obvious move, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not even a line to connect the two of them. No, yeah. okay. no there, there's no good reason, really. It was a complete coincidence. Uh, after doing the, the food uh, business for a while, I I did business development for a consultancy. And then after some years, I thought it was time to to move on. And I was just, it was the first time I looked online for, for a job. And I came across this position. And at the time, our name was uh, Nordic Cryobank. And that didn't say sperm bank to me at all. So I, I, like the headline didn't mean anything to me. And I read the whole description of uh, of the job and it sounded really interesting. And then only in, in the footer, it said Nordic Crowd Bank is one of the leading sperm banks in the world. I thought, oh, and I had a little giggle and I thought, well, but... I think we all do. Exactly. That's perfectly okay. topics you're not supposed to discuss. Religion, politics, weather and, and sex. Sperm bank. Uh, yeah, yes. and sperm, yeah. Um, no, but I, I just, I, I had a... Like, like a smile and a giggle and then I thought but like it wouldn't influence my my thoughts of the position at all but you're uh, obviously incredibly liberal yes <laughs> I guess uh, but I think probably not more than your average Dane we, it, it, it is a very liberal country and we compared to here we are uh, much more relaxed about sex in general uh, nudity it, it, it is very different uh, in Denmark so it didn't really strike me as something sort of not not normal at the time when I read the job ad. So, well, why not? Let's uh, let's work in the sperm bank. So, Tanya, what's been your biggest failure uh, thus far? I know that's a very negative thing to ask, but, 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 well, I feel that you've been incredibly successful. I mean, you started an incredible innovative business. You are now at the forefront in, in a business that that is in, I, I would say, a sweet spot. Has everything always gone right? <laughs> um, I'd, I'd probably lie, wouldn't I? Uh, no, I think we, hopefully we all make mistakes um, quite frequently even. Um, all the time. But yeah, all We're all human. The time, <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and of course, so, so do I. One thing I will just always look back at with, uh, with regret um, was um, that the launch business uh, that we established in, um, in, in Copenhagen, uh, it went so well and we thought somebody else will have to Try our food. Uh, obviously, not our food. It was the caterers' food, but we should we should go somewhere else with uh, with this concept. So I did market research in various um, European cities and um, presented all my findings to the board, uh, and we agreed um, at the time to go to uh, to Oslo to open. This was two thousand and eight, early two thousand and eight. And I started setting up, and a few months later, uh, the financial crisis uh, hit. Um, and basically, what we wanted to introduce is an employee perk, isn't it? Like we, we want companies to invest more money in their employees, and that was not going down very well in two thousand and eight. Um, even in even in Norway, where you'd think they'd uh, they were still well off, but uh, they were scared just like the rest of us. Um, so eventually, we had to uh, we had to close uh, that business down uh, because we just we weren't getting anywhere. Everything had just gone into full stop uh, at, at that time. So we withdrew and obviously I hated starting something that wasn't a success. <laughs> so uh, so that was a bit painful. Uh, but also um, it made me realize a few things that I've, uh, that I've taken with me uh, since. One thing is about culture um, and I've used that actively when, when launching new countries uh, since. But 
respecting the the cultural differences, even between Denmark and Norway, which is supposed to be very, very similar, uh, there are big differences. I think the Danes are more open, aren't they? I'd say, yeah, more more, more liberal in uh, in many things. Um, but I think um, we're both very sort of happy and relaxed nations. Uh, do you say no? Can do you? Ha- I mean, we believe in in the UK. Brits can't say no. Yeah, we no, say things that are interesting. <laughs> we say, oh, that's that's really interesting. I mean, that is our word for no. We we just cannot tell you no. Um, yeah, that, that's quite obvious when you come here as a Dane. <laughs> After a few months, you will think, hang on. <laughs> really? Am I that these, interesting? These, these no. people are not getting back to me, even though they said it was right. interesting. So, yeah. so I have to educate people on sales because because people arrive here and are like, oh my god, I've had these amazing meetings, and everyone says they're and you're really like, interested. And I'm, like, what did they say to you? They're really interested. I'm like, no, no, that's really not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> that means no. They're like, but they said they were interested. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the British way. Really nice to meet you. Keep in touch. No, that's just not a good sign. If you go for drinks, if you're if you're invited for a cup of tea, then, and, yeah. yeah. Then, then but also, I think I've been invited for a lot of teas and dinners, and but it, it, it sounds sounds a bit like a. Um, like a politeness thing to invite people out, but it doesn't actually necessarily happen, whereas it would happen. If a Dane asks you out for a drink, it will happen. So, Tanya, what do you think is most misunderstood about being an employer, being in business? Oh, lots of things, but uh, more recently, um, that's probably due to my own focus on all sustainability efforts uh, at, at the moment as well. Like the, the, the whole idea that's been prevalent, I guess, for many, many years that the a business is there to do its own bit and to optimize its own earnings. And um, it just seems a bit wrong. Like how, how can that work out in the long run? Uh, whereas if you would take a more sustainable and, and responsible approach and think that, okay, what we're going to do uh, by sustainable, I also mean that you have to earn a profit because otherwise your business is not sustainable, obviously. But how can we be a responsible part of a society and, and benefit to the greater good. So I think that that whole sort of conception of uh, of, of how to run a business uh, with a, with such a sort of narrow you focus feel all on all businesses should have a purpose and a greater purpose. I'm afraid that's not always um, possible. But then at least for for the business to have a purpose as such. I mean, if you're if you're selling shoes, you're selling shoes, and obviously the shoe can be more or but less. But you good. feel it should be a sustainable shoe. Exactly. Like why why not consider how that shoe and your supply chain or whatever can influence uh, society and, and do some, some greater good? Um, I feel things are happening that way. I, absolutely. I, I think we've come quite a long way. Yes. And I think in the developed world, we're pretty good at looking at that. I think I think there's I I don't disagree with you. I think we've come a long way, but I still think there's a lot of lip service given to sustainability. I think if you really sort of delve down at what's happening within a business, you know, people talk about sustainability, but what are they really doing about it? So, um, so I think what what I think we need to see is more action in that respect. So, well, we're trying to like run a lot of initiatives. So obviously, selling sperm as such, well, you, you help people have. Children, uh, which is of course uh, hopefully a very a very good uh, thing to do for for both the families and society. But we try to also 
to take a broader perspective on it. So one thing we're doing is that we're uh, currently uh, launching, this has been a pet project of mine since um, since I started, I've been wanting to do this for years, but we're currently launching a big uh, analysis project. So we will every year now send out a questionnaire um, to our clients and asking them, so basically it's, it's about uh, discovering the, the welfare of the child um so how 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 is the life of a donor child so we'll send out this questionnaire every year do you get a good response right back it's it's just, we're just pressing okay. uh, the send button now i would expect it to be a lot better than a regular questionnaire because this is about your child and your child's well-being so I think there's a huge market in terms of they will respond i'd, I'd hope so and they're unrepresented but i have i have a lot of um single mothers So who have gone and got, and they've all formed a large group and share information and data. And And they do that because there is nowhere else to get that data. So what we're doing with this study is basically that if we become... Um, sort of the, the best in the world to have this data and based on on so many recipients uh, then we will have then we will have actual knowledge so we can guide these families on what is best practice and what happens if you do this and what happens when that and so on so we're really trying to obviously this will take years to build but we want to be the absolute experts in our field and have actual knowledge rather than just anecdotes because there there are plenty of anecdotes and the research that are done by the university professors and so on is of course it's always very good but it's based on very few people so it's qualitative rather than quantitative so we really want to do this big uh, broad broad study so we're trying to do lots of these extra things that we are not really obliged to do but it just feels like the right approach so uh, what what do you find most uncomfortable about being in business? So we believe that being a leader is lonely. When you start a business, like I started here, I always laugh. In fact, I was laughing with another lady the other day. I remember us opening the law firm, opening our doors and, and ready for the clients to walk in and Nobody walked in. Oh, it's like... Shocking, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe I even thought people would just walk in, you know? like, And it's the belief that, you know, as a business owner, I mean, the, the honesty is that you generally earn less than everybody else. You struggle with cash flow. You struggle with all different things. And this, this belief that it's really easy as a business owner. So we like to ask the question because people think, oh, running a business or, you know doing things oh how easy you know? <laughs> yeah well maybe not easy but uh but very rewarding and very um entertaining i think so i think that was why i thought that uncomfortable was such an like i just never thought of it do you come from a family of self-employed no they're not self-employed but my dad was basically doing the same as i'm doing so i was he what did he do uh well he's been ceo of various companies during my upbringing and, and childhood so I and I always uh, I often went with him to work and I always thought that was when when I was I don't know six somebody asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up and I said I'm gonna uh, be the CEO like daddy and they said oh why because then I can sit with my feet up on the desk all day <laughs> is that what he did <laughs> yeah. he was probably working at the same time but he's very chill to my dad so he kind of sit there in his big chair and put his feet up and go sit there and read and chat on the phone and have a meeting like he was, <laughs> he's very relaxed um so I, I just I think I grew up to see business as a sport really like a like a hobby it's 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 a game you play and you've got all like a 
board of chess or don't play chess, but like having, you have all your little I think pieces. it is a game of chess. Yeah. I think chess is quite a good comparison in that you've got to study and you've got to think about it. And and I think it's just, it's challenging and, but fun. Like I, I'd, I'd enter a board game for the fun of it. And I'm also in business for, for, for the fun of it. I think it's very important. I well, think you've we got have to have to fun. enjoy yeah. it. I mean, we all spend so much time at work that if we didn't enjoy it, well, if you don't enjoy it, then you, know, you should really go off and do something else. So. Exactly. But but to be honest, I, I too often come across people who don't feel that, that they go to work because they have to make a living and they don't particularly enjoy what they're doing. And that makes me think that, what a privilege it is uh, to feel that way. Um, and I've, I've been fortunate that that's been uh, all my life and I hope uh, and expect that to, to continue and I'll, I will make sure that will continue. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Aubrey Clark was born and raised Right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others Get set up and on their way Aubrey Clark's doors always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. So, Tanya, what's the one thing about this world you'd like to change in the future? And I can only do one. That's a, that's well, a big... Well, you can do more, but... <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, two. very yeah. generous here. Well, obviously, at the... Uh, at the time, uh, it's uh, it's obvious to wish to end uh, end all the wars, isn't it? Um, but then, uh, to me, I think wars would go away if um, if we could just start treating each other as equals. If we could just accept that we are different but equal, uh, I think the world would just be a much better place. And I think we are getting there, at least in Denmark and the UK and Australia, but there's just a long way until <clears throat> until the, the, the full world uh, is, is there. Um, so I'm afraid it's going to be many years uh, from now, but I guess what we can do is to, to lead by example and, and make sure that, that we get there sooner sooner than later. I love that. I'm, I'm going to be campaigning. I feel our logo should be equal but different. Yes. Wouldn't that be nice? Rather than equality. Yes. Yeah, I prefer the equal but different. Yeah, because it acknowledges that there's differences. We are right? exactly yeah. different. I love the differences between gender and races and political standpoints or whatever. That's what makes the world interesting. Um, but we're just we're, but we're equal at the same time. Yeah. And Tanya, what's the best bit of advice you've ever been given? <laughs> Luckily, I've been blessed with many, many uh, amazingly smart uh, people in uh, in my life. Um, and it, I think you just pick up 
little things wherever you go and who you meet and you're inspired by wise words. But I think I'll have to uh, I'll have to say a little thank to my parents because I think it comes from childhood, like the way you perceive uh, the world uh, and and the people uh, in the world. Um, so that's a very basic thing you learn from from childhood. I'm trying the best I can to teach my kids the same. Um, but when I when I was growing up, um, I'll have to uh, I think I'll have to mention my dad on that one because he's. Uh, as I mentioned, he, he he was the CEO with the feet up <laughs> as well. But when I was still in school, uh, I was I was doing a group project, um, and I came home from school, and I was super frustrated with uh, with one of my peers. She was just not participating, and she was getting everything wrong. It was a basic what my what my dad said. Like he listened to my frustration, and he um, he said, "You know what? You have to realize and accept that people are not." equally smart that's just not how the world works and so if you if you sort of imagine that you're scoring people on a one to ten scale and that you were also one of these really sporty people weren't you yes sporty yes i played Sorry. squash you were everything uh, for... i wanted to be <laughs> <laughs> i think we need a game of squash we'll uh... oh my god <laughs> We can take out. I have a cardiac arrest. (laughs) You can have a drink afterwards. You'll be fine. Yeah, Uh, yeah. No. So he he basically taught me to uh, look at people and give them a little scoring and just in your head. And if you find that people are, if someone is a fiver, and you can then help them to act as a seven or to to become a seven, then you've done a great job. Then that person will have benefited, and you will have benefited. So you just have to meet people where they are, and then try to coach them to be a little bit better. I thought, I oh, that, that makes sense. And I, I think I was 13 at the time or so. I wasn't very old, but it made complete sense to me. So it kind of brought, it like, it got me through that project because of the next day in school, I thought, okay, well, you're a three, aren't you? I, <laughs> <laughs> can we get you to a five? So I, I did my best. So that was my first sort of memory of, of managing uh, and and trying to to coach and guide uh, others, and it was quite rewarding because she was so happy afterwards, uh, and so was I because our project turned out better. So it's an amazing piece of advice. I'm glad it wasn't you and I at school. I have to say, you would have been giving me a one. <laughs> I'd be having cigarettes behind them wherever. <laughs> well, maybe I maybe I'd be somewhere else though. <laughs> So Tanya, what are your top three reads or top podcasts? Do you do you listen? Do you read? Currently, I'm uh, I'm listening to a book called. I hope I get this title right. I, th- I think it's called "I'm Afraid Debbie from Marketing Has Left for the Day." <laughs> it's a very very straightforward title. Um, in Danish, "Jude from Marketing a Good for a Day," and it's uh, it's a Danish author and it's a phenomenal book on behavioral design. It's a, it's a must read for everyone because he's he's very humorous about it and he's giving so many amazing examples uh, on how human beings are completely irrational so when you organize your business if it's if you if you want to make a change in your business you need to understand sort of all the barriers and all the motivations and we all hate change we're no good with exactly exactly so how do you how do you make sure it happens? Because as a manager, you will want that change. So how do you then go about it? But basically, the same applies to stopping stopping eating chocolate. Like it's it, that's also oh, just read this It's an excellent read uh, or or listen. Uh, so Tanya, tell us something about you that we don't know. Oh, 
So that would be, with, with, I mean, you you know what Your I do for at work. Yeah, exactly. I thought it should be something outside work. I do uh, I do enjoy sports um, and I enjoy singing. Um, so, uh, but but sports, I've played squash. Are uh, you a secret singer? I'm a secret singer, yes. Are you? What yeah. kind of singing? All types, really. I just enjoy singing. But I, I sang in the large gospel choir um, for, for quite a long time. Um, just because it's just you an amazing energy. You find it really energy. uplifting. Yes. Uplifting. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd, uh, yeah, exactly. I would I would sing in the, in that particular choir uh, every Monday evening from 7 to 10. And then I'd get well, on my... a long time to yes. sing. Yep. And then I'd get on my bike afterwards and bike home. And all uh, people would have thought I was crazy because uh, biking home through Copenhagen, I would be singing <laughs> loudly on my bike. But exactly, it's so... It's so cheerful and so uplifting. So I was never was ready to end it at ten uh, when when everybody went home. So oh I, my god! So so we have a karaoke room next door. Oh, do you? Yeah, <laughs> lovely. We know that we need to invite you. Uh, we be... need we need to hear this, Tony. Could you sing a few a few lines uh, at the karaoke bar? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll have a shared Friday bar we, with uh, a okay. around the we, corner we, anyway. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. We now know who to invite. Absolutely. Uh, see. Tanya, the only thing that I wasn't allowed to be part of at school was the choir. Oh. I was the only member of yes. the school oh. not to be allowed. <laughs> well, no, I do, normally I do believe... schools will allow anyone who's prepared to sing to sing, so that says a lot to I was banned. <laughs> I do believe that anybody can be taught to sing, but not necessarily taught to sing very well. So you, there might be hope. Uh, no, Tanya, they tried that. <laughs> They gave up. And after much perseverance, they did declare I was tone deaf. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is where we like to hand the reins over to you, Tanya, to share your biggest bugbear, ask your most burning business question, or even a topic of your choice to talk about. The choice is yours. Well, and I, of course, have lots of questions uh, as a foreigner in the country. It's always exciting to discuss uh, to discuss culture, but the a, a cultural perspective that affects uh, my business is, of course, the the difference in sort of the the willingness or the uh, yeah the willingness is probably the right word to discuss sperm donation. Um, it is. We, we do get uh, lots of applicants and we're very happy with our local business here, but we also see that we need more. Uh, and it, it's a constant, uh, it's like this in all country, but you really have to push hard. We're one of the few companies that I know we have to fight hard, both to get our supply chain working, uh, our deliveries, but also to sell uh, in the other end. Uh, so we do double double marketing, really. And it's always... It's always the question: How do we get? How do we motivate uh, all these lovely young men out there to become sperm donors? Um, and it's here. I remember when I was just starting uh, here in, in eighteen. I had lots of meetings with recruiters and office agencies and what have we. Uh, and I immediately noticed the difference uh, every time I said I would have lots of meetings with men, and whenever I said sperm, they would go. <laughs> So at this point, Tanya is she's forgotten that we're on audio. Yeah, exactly. She has <laughs> looked down to the ground. Best of British. I mean, you just said fuck to them. Yeah. I mean, although actually, if you'd said fuck, they would have been okay about it. Yeah. Sperm is embarrassing. Oh, penis too. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine vagina. Yeah. Vagina. Yes. All these yeah. words we can't possibly say at the dinner exactly. table. Yeah, and I do uh, that. 
that is the risk of of inviting somebody from a sperm bank. They they will say sperm repeatedly because it, uh, it's it, in the title of the business. It is, <laughs> it is what we do. Um, so so I immediately noticed the difference that that these men were shy to meet. Uh, maybe it was also because I was a woman. I don't know if that mattered, but they were definitely shy to sit no, uh, in mean, a room men, with somebody. British men wouldn't even discuss uh, it with but, each other. But but also too, there, there, there's you know I, I'm a man of a certain age, but there is that image of when you talk about sperm donation, you talk about kind of, okay, there's a cup, there's some pornography, go and do your that's business behind. That's not even pornography Exactly, anymore, but, but go and do your business behind that screen. So I think that's probably where it comes from. There is a stereotypical view of most males of a certain generation, probably too old to donate now, but that's what sperm donating kind of conjures up. So it's kind of a slight uh, embarrassment and discomfort. I know my mate that works in one of them, actually she refuses to, to provide paper porn and they've stopped porn. Do they still they, print they, paper porn? They must do. Yes, they do okay. still print, but it's very hard to get hold of. My husband calls it hedge porn. because it's um, <laughs> okay. uh, what, what, he, what he was brought up with, which was, you know, the truckers would throw out their magazines yeah. and it was found in, in the country lane hedges, right? So hedge porn. I feel it was a lot cleaner than it, than anyway. But but she doesn't like having pornography in any of the rooms. I mean, this is a slight side commentary, but um, because people spend too long in there. Yes, but that's good for the sperm. Oh, is it? Yes. The longer, the better. Not the longer, the better. And I cannot remember the exact figures now, so you'll have to excuse me if I if I get it wrong. But I think it's between. Uh, 15 and 20, uh, sort of 15 and 30 minutes will give you the best uh, amount of sperm cells. Um, so, so being quick, no good. Well, less, it, it, less good. Less. It, it gets the job done, but and and it's but and it's good because we only accept the the good donors. Um, but I mean, you'll we can actually see. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, we can actually see more uh, sperm from, if it's longer. Yeah, if but also if it's if it's more than 30, I think that. The cap was 30. If it's more than 30, then it goes downhill again. So, but there is sort of a a, a window. Yeah, of, of, of I believe best 15 to 30. Gents, listen to that. Okay, so that brings us to our favourite part of the show. Tanya, there's much statistics on this. Many listeners purely tune in to this part. This is the business versus bullshit quick far round. D, cue the music. So this is where we reel off a list of key terms and all you have to do is tell us whether you think it's business or bullshit. So, Tanya, are you ready? Ready. Perfect. Number one, diversity quotas. Is that business or bullshit, Tanya? Diversity quotas. Well, uh, gender quotas um, is a big thing in Denmark, at least at the moment. And I... I'm very much against it. Um, so you say bullshit. Oh, yeah, it, it, bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. I, I totally we appreciate... We can be friends now, Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, no, so question just, number two yeah. is stand-up meetings, business or bullshit? Oh, I like stand-up meetings. I like going for a little walk. Business. Yeah. Business. Yeah. Coffee. I don't do coffee. Only so if it's got a whiskey in it. Really? Oh, Tanya, it's all coming out now. Agendas business they make sense hour-long meetings bullshit office dogs office dogs 
So this is a very contentious, very contentious. Yep. Well, I'd say, do you mean everyday talk in the office? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd probably go for bullshit. Well done, Tanya. We, we remain firm friends. <laughs> I am in the lead. Oh, I'm not asking any more questions now. <laughs> Carbon credits. Ooh, very good one. Um, I'm torn. I'm torn. Uh, I'll have to say business because it, we need to do stuff. Yeah, but it's a tricky one. We need to push it a bit. We need to push it a yeah. bit. Swearing in meetings. Oh. Bullshit. <laughs> Pub lunches. This well, after great. what you've just taught me, I'll, I'll have to say business. <laughs> well done, Tanya. I think no, you're doing this very I think you've got to go in for some pub lunches. <laughs> Absolutely. Get in those pubs, have some lunches and yes. round up some donuts. Yeah. Friday, no, it's now Thursday afternoons, not Friday afternoons. All right. Non-disclosure agreements. They'll have to be good business, but they are a bit annoying. <laughs> Use them carefully. And that's two yeah. lawyers answering. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I noticed that. That's it. <laughs> Unlimited vacations. So in the oh. States... Do you not have... A, no, you haven't got that concept. Although you're allowed a lot of leave in Denmark. I did learn that recently. Yeah. Um, unlimited vacations is a concept come from the States. Has hit the UK because a lot of American companies like to bring their culture here to the UK. We try and embrace this. Uh, which is unlimited leave. You can have as much leave as you like. Do you think that's a good? Do you think that? No. no, that's not going to That's not going to work. Bullshit. Oh. LinkedIn. Business. Formal work clothes. Formal workloads. Clothes. Oh, clo- oh, bullshit. Sperm donation. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously business. <laughs> Excellent. That's the end of our quick fire round. Okay, so this is where you give 30 seconds to pitch your company, podcast, book, whatever you like. Off you go. And that will, of course, have to be about sperm donation um, and the, the importance of donating your sperm. Um, it's just the biggest thing in life to a lot of people to have a child and it's devastating for those who can't if, if they if they want to and I, this is a scary statistic but a danish study uh, revealed that the suicide rate amongst women who couldn't conceive but wanted to is 50 percent, not 15 but 50 percent higher than for other women and i remember reading that going <gasps> that's uh, you can you can feel that pain can't you and so for people to, for donors to understand the importance of uh, what they could potentially do is uh, it's just really big and I think very important. So it will always be about encouraging the young men to give that gift because it is really the, the ultimate gift you can give to anybody that is the gift of life. Fantastic. So come on, boys. Come along, come along. So great stuff, Tanya. If our listeners want to find out more about you online or about the European uh, Sperm Bank, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, europeanspermbank.com will uh, tell them a lot about uh, what we do, uh, both about being a donor, but also about finding a donor. And uh, I guess I'm easiest to find on, on LinkedIn. 
So there we have it. That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. Thank you, Tanya, for joining us. Thank you to my co-host, dear Simon. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you, Tanya. A big thank you to you, dear listeners, and we'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, please rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Biz Without BS. Until next time, it's cheerio.